I want to encourage those of you, and this is very, you know, personal. It's, I would say it's a little bit different than what I normally do, but I just would encourage those of you that have gone through something suddenly and it has devastated you just like it devastated Job. He lost everything except his wife and his life and his God. You didn't see it coming. It's easy to focus on what was lost and not focus on the fact that Jesus is alive. I want to retrain your focus. This is a promise from the Lord to us. I will restore. I can restore. It's time now for the Autumn Miles Show. episode of the Autumn Mile Show. I've been waiting to record this week. I have just a little passionate word on my heart for you today. I hope you guys are doing well out there today. Um, Fall is upon us. I don't know about you. I've already put up my pumpkins in my house. My son thinks it's too early, but I said, when you, when you own your house, you can decorate whatever you want. And he was like, I love it, mom. Uh, So we are, we're like walking into fall and I love it. It has gotten cooler here in Dallas. I woke up the other morning, it was 65 degrees. And you know how like that first rush of cool air is just, it's just so welcomed. It's so welcomed. I mean, my name is Autumn, for goodness sake. Um... We are going to come back after the break with an amazing passage of scripture that the Lord has been speaking to me about. I've been doing my quiet time a little bit a different way, and it's just, it's really just, I'm just loving it. Very fresh for me. So I have a word that the Lord has given me, and I will talk to you about full-on restoration after the break. Restore. Does God still restore? Does he restore? But for now, what God's doing in my life, our family is very active. We're active, very active people. Like we, you know, it's very rare that we have nothing going on. And when and when we have nothing going on, we take full advantage of having nothing going on. The other night was one of the exceptions to our incredibly <laughs> busy world. And I found myself, I think it was a, you know, I don't know. It was, it was Sunday night. It was, it was in the evening. Sunday nights are more, more chill for us. We try to keep that as like a Sabbath, even though my husband goes in and works at the church in the morning. Um, I'm sitting down, we're watching Pinocchio just came out. So we just watched Pinocchio as a family, which was, um, you know, it was great little family time, you know? And so we put our youngest children to bed And when we put them to bed, you know, our kids are just like your kids. You know, they come out and they say, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. I have to go to the bathroom. I can't sleep. Like Haven is notorious for coming out of her bed three minutes after we put her down and saying, I just can't sleep, mom. I just can't sleep. And we're like, you didn't even go to bed. Go back. So I'm sitting there. uh, We had put Moses and Haven to bed. And I'm sitting there with the older kids and, you know, we're just, we just had a a good evening 
And all of a sudden, I see beside me, you know, you know how your kids sneak up on you and you're like, what in the world? Uh, Haven is standing beside me. And, you know, like every other night, I'm thinking she's going to say, I'm thirsty. I'm hungry. You know, whatever. She doesn't say that. She looks straight in my face and she says, Mom, I need you. (laughs) And she repeats it. Mom, I need you. I need you. I need you. And she's like, I'm like, oh my goodness, shatter my little heart. Like she knows how to work it. Okay. I'm not naive. I've been a mom for a very long time, but there was something about the way that she said this, mom, I need you. And you know, she says, I love you all the time. And we're constant. We tell our kids, I love you a lot. I love you is very normal language in our family. So as she said that to me, it struck my heart so preciously because she hasn't said that repeatedly before. I'm sure she said that before, but it was just like an understanding. It was very genuine. I look at Eddie and he's like, oh my goodness, what are you going to (laughs) do? And I was like, come here and sit with me just for one more minute. I mean, she totally milked it and she got what she wanted, but it was just a precious little moment that I logged away. I actually, because it was so sweet, she came up and she, like, we have these big chairs that like, um, they're like oversized chairs. Like, you know, two people can really sit in these chairs. And so I sit with the kids a lot in these chairs and she came up and she sat beside me and she put her arm, her arms around my neck and she was just hugging me for the long, longest time saying, I need you, mom. I need you. And it was really precious. And then I put her back up to bed and I said, I love you and I need you too. So now you have to go to sleep. <laughs> and she did eventually stay up there, but it was just a cute little moment um, that the older my kids get, the more I'm like crystallizing these moments in my head where, you know, I'm taking a picture, I'm sitting in the moment. I'm not like, I'm just absorbing and trying to make a mental picture of that because I know these memories are super precious. Anyway, that is what's going on in my life. Uh, My tender little precious baby princess. Love her so much. When we get back, we're going to talk all about restoration and I think it's going to bless your heart. So I will see you in a sec right after the break. And I want to know, family, what is God doing in your life? If you have a recent praise report about God's faithfulness, we all want to know about it. I want to know, my team wants to know, and your brothers and sisters in Christ that listen to this show want to know. You can share your story by emailing hello at autumnmiles.com or you can direct message me on Facebook or Instagram by searching autumnmiles at the top of the page. I want to hear about it, guys. Let's tell the world what God is doing in your life so we all can be encouraged by your journey of faith. Okay, I am back, and I'm going to kind of talk to you just out of my own quiet time. One of the things that I've been doing lately is what I what I tell you guys to do. <laughs> 
I've done it over the years uh, a lot, but I am doing it more on a regular basis very recently because I really feel like it's something that is we don't do enough of. And that is, I think it was last week or even the, the week before that, it's sit and be silent before the Lord. Don't speak for him. Fight the urge to request things during that time. Um, just sitting in the presence of the Lord. And there was a time in my life, where I would say for two solid years, where this would make up the majority of my prayer time that I did on, on a daily basis. I would not say one word. And there is, you guys, I can't even tell you Sitting in his presence, if you can't feel him when you start sitting, um, you will get there sooner rather than later. Um, it is a waiting for him in your quiet time. It's, it's, just, it's just really been refreshing to me. It has given me a fresh boldness, a fresh audacity. It has given me fresh perspective. It's allowed me to see things. I think sometimes we can get in like this rut of, you you know, you just do the same thing. And it's really kind of opening my eyes in a deeper way. And it's, you know, I have done this before lots of times, but I think me just disciplining myself to do this on a regular basis has done this. So the other morning, um, I got up, and I love to get up early. I know some of you guys are like, I would rather die than get up early. I love it. Like, I love to be up before the sunrise. If I get up and the sun is, it's like pitch black, that that's my moment. <laughs> I, know, I have friends that are like, you are so crazy. But I get up. I have my coffee. I get up way before the sun rises and sit there and watch it. And there's something very powerful that I connect with on that. Uh, but the other day I got up and I was practicing this discipline of sitting and waiting for the presence of the Lord. And the Lord started to speak to me about my own life, about restoring things in my life. And I had had a conversation very, uh, not, not too long ago with someone. And we were actually talking about this, this exact passage. And I hadn't gone to it since the conversation. This is like a month, six weeks ago. And the Lord said, I want you to go to this passage and I want you to read it. And so I felt like I wanted to open up just very rawly. I don't have a ton of notes today. I did share this a couple of years ago about when, you know, the pandemic and everything happened. But I want to remind you very simply. The enemy's, his ability to take and to steal and to kill and to destroy is not stronger. That's where it stops. The enemy's ability to, to, to mature his purpose or what he thinks his purpose is or what his job is or what his role, whatever it is, to steal, kill, and destroy has a limit. He can only steal, kill, and destroy. And I know you're thinking that's like, oh, well, that's everything. That's everything. No, no, it isn't. 
not in the face of a God who can match his steal, kill, and destroy with life, resurrection, and promise. Sometimes we look at what the enemy is doing as this is too much. And, and let me just say, it is too much for you. It is too much for you without the Spirit of God. But when you factor out the power of God and you settle in on destruction, steal, kill, destroy, being final, you are missing a God that takes steal, kill, and destroy and turns it on his head. I want to encourage you um, over the last few years, you know, we've all experienced loss and, you know, all the things. And there are still consequences from just, I would, let's just say the last 10 years that have happened, you know, in, in all of our lives. The world has totally changed in the last 10 years. I mean, even how we minister has changed in the last 10 years. I mean, it just, just literally everything has changed. And when we're not looking at a 30,000 foot view, let's pull it down to a 10 foot view, looking at your life, looking at what you faced, looking at what you've gone through. I want to push and challenge you. You know, the goal of our ministry is to spiritually challenge the way people think. I want to ask you, have you settled in on the finality or what you think is the finality of the enemy's attacks on your life, steal, kill, and destroy. Have you accepted them as that's just the way it's going to be? Because if you have, I want to challenge you to start sitting in the Lord's presence and to start thinking a little bit different about your life. I have met people that are young that have said, my life is over. We talked about Isaiah ruining his life last week, or, or so he thought, with his mouth. I've talked to people that have just said, this is just the way it's going to be. This is just the way that he is. This is just the way it happens. This is just the way the world works. And they are, without even knowing it, accepting what they think is final, which is the destruction of the enemy, steal, kill, destroy. They have completely factored out the power of restoration that comes in the uh, spirit of the resurrected King Jesus. So in my quiet time, God brought me to this passage of scripture. And I, um, I'm going to read you the good part first. <laughs> the good part first. It says in Joel 2, I absolutely love this. It says in Joel 2, this is set up. Joel was um, one of the prophets of God. He was speaking to Israel. And um, this is deliverance that was promised through the prophet Joel. Joel is an incredible book. It's very short. I would recommend you go uh, read it for yourself. But it is so incredibly encouraging. This is what God says he will do. Now, um, I, I want to read the bad part last because I want to make the point that no matter what you have settled in on as final, 
if it is still kill or destroy, you have factored out the ability of the Lord. So this is what God promised Joel and for the nation of Israel. It says in Joel 3, 18, then the Lord will be zealous for his land and will have pity on his people. The Lord will answer and say to his people, behold, I'm, I am going to send you grain, new wine, and new oil, and you will be satisfied in full with them. Doesn't it, isn't that like the best thing ever? You will be satisfied in full with them. You will be satisfied in full with them. How many of you guys don't feel satisfied? When the power of the Lord steps in the room, that is when we, our souls are satisfied in full. And I will never again make you a reproach to the nations, but I will remove the northern army. I'm going to talk about this in a second from you. And I will drive it into a parched and desolate land. And it's vanguard into the eastern sea and it's rear guard into the western sea. And it's stench will arise and its foul smell will come up. This is good Old Testament Bible right here. For it has done great things. 21. Do not fear, O land. Rejoice and be glad. For the Lord has done great things. Don't fear beast of the field, for the pastures of the wilderness have turned green. For the tree has borne its fruit, the fig tree and the vine have yielded in full. So rejoice, O sons of Zion, and be glad in the Lord, for he has given you the early rain for your vindication. Rain is a sign of blessing in the Bible. And he has poured down for you the rain, the early and the latter rain before the threshing floors uh, and the threshing floors will be full of the grain and the vats will overflow with new wine and new oil. Now, this means a whole bunch of a lot, but this is what I wanted to get to. Then I will make up to you for the years that the swarming locust has eaten. The creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust, the great army which I sent among you, you will have plenty to eat and be satisfied and praise the name of your God who has dealt wonderfully with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel and I am the Lord your God and there is no other and my people will never be put to shame. You guys, this was a promise to Israel who had just been completely and utterly devastated. They have been, their economy had been devastated. Their land had been devastated. Everything that they once, they once abounded with milk and honey. Well, that is not the case any longer. They had been ransacked by what the Bible calls locusts. 
Now, in my study, a a lot of theologians disagree, but it says in the text when God speaks through uh, Joel himself, it talks about the locust being armies that had come upon the land and had literally devastated it. And they came in groups. Okay, there was a northern army. Um, There was uh, someone that came out from the eastern sea. There was an army that came from the western sea. Okay, Um, and God said This is after complete and total devastation of what they once knew, their forefathers knew as a land flowing with milk and honey. God said, I'm going to take care of it. The steal, kill, and destroy is not the final word. I see what you've gone through. I see what has happened. I see that you have no hope. There is something greater than death, than stealing, and then uh, destruction. And it is my power. I'm not going to let it stop there. I am going to bring you restoration. I want to go to the first part of this passage because I think we can make this so incredibly personal in our own lives. Joel 1.1 says this, Then the word of the Lord that came to Joel, the son of Pethuel, you know what, you guys, you're welcome for me trying to pronounce all of these, all of these names. Hear, O elders, and listen, all inhabitants of the land. Has anything like this happened in your days? Has anything like this happened in your days or in your father's days? Tell your sons about it. And let your sons tell their sons and their sons the next generation. Joel is talking to the elders, to everyone in the land. And he's saying, do you see all this destruction? Tell somebody about it. Tell someone about your hard times. And the reason is because of Joel 3, when God comes in, excuse me, Joel 2, when God comes in and completely restores the nation of Israel. Joel says, I want you to talk about it. Has anyone ever seen anything happen like this before? Verse 4 says this, what the gnawing locust has left, the swarming locust has eaten. What the swarming locust has left, the creeping locust has eaten. What the creeping locust has left, the stripping locust has eaten. Awake drunkards and weep and wail all you wine drinkers on account of the sweet wine that is cut off from your mouth for a nation has invaded my land mighty and without number its teeth are the teeth of a lion and its fangs of a lioness I'm going to stop there how does this apply to you have you ever had something that's happened in your life where it just took the wind out of your sails. You didn't see it coming. Joel, Joel puts it like this. Have you ever seen anything like this in all of your days? You didn't see it coming. It was out of the blue. A sickness. Bam. A divorce. Bam. A death in the family. Bam. Totally out of the blue. You weren't prepared. There was a, I, I have experienced the, all of these things. <laughs> But you didn't see it coming. And then all of a sudden, you are faced with something that is so completely devastating, you don't 
know how to deal with it. And if you just would have had a little bit of a insight or like a heads up or like a, hey, guess what? This tragedy is about to happen in your life. Um, maybe you could have processed it better. But you didn't have any of those things. So all of a sudden, the gnawing locust has come and the swarming locust has eaten what the gnawing locust left. The creeping locust has eaten what the swarming locust left. The stripping locust ate what the creeping locust left. And you're looking around at your life and you're saying, because of this thing that has happened in my life, it is completely, utterly devastated every facet of how I feel. Now, I'm not talking to everybody and I don't assume that I am, but I am talking to somebody. And this is how you feel. That divorce came out of the blue. That layoff came out of the blue. I didn't see it coming. I was blindsided. That child doing that, just out of the blue. Someone is living right now this story of the locusts. And the Lord just was so gracious in my own life. As he reminded me where I have said, you know what, that's just the way that's going to be in situations like this in my own life. The locust has come, they've eaten it, and I've just agreed with the locust. I said, well, well, that's just the way it's going to be. I'll just move on <laughs> to, to whatever, whatever else and I'll process it later. The Lord was so personal to me, and I know he'll be so personal to you. The beautiful thing about the Lord is, is he doesn't leave things devastated. That's part of our inheritance in Christ. Now, the circumstances might not change for a while, and they may not ever change. But God restores something in us if he doesn't restore our circumstances to a place where we don't have to walk around carrying weapons of the enemy that we think have succeeded. The promise of restoration is a promise that the enemy has no power to overcome. The promise of restoring finances reputations, marriages, individuals that have faced harsh trauma is a promise that when God steps in, it is not to be overcome. I will make up to you the years the swarming locusts have eaten. Joel 2 says, the creeping locust, the stripping locust, the gnawing locust, a great army which I sent among you, and you will have plenty to eat, and you will be satisfied. And praise the name of the Lord your God, who has dealt wondrously with you. Then my people will never be put to shame. Thus you will know that I am in the midst of Israel, and that I am the Lord your God. And there is no other. And my people 
will never be put to shame. I have uh, just so such a heart for this type of ministry from the Holy Spirit. Always, always. Like, obviously, the restoration of the Lord is <laughs> it's pretty great. But I have such a heart because the Lord brought me in my quiet time a couple of days previous to Job. And I won't go to the text because it's it's just too long. I might I might next week talk on Job and just get into like the nitty gritty. Do people even say that anymore? I don't even know if people say nitty gritty anymore. But I might get into the nuts and bolts <laughs> of what the Lord was speaking to me about Job. It was just, I've studied the book of Job, I don't even know how many times, and it just, I don't know, it just read differently to me. And that's what I love about uh, the Bible. It just it just reads different sometimes when the Spirit of God is interpreting his interpretation of the scripture to you. It reads different than from human eyes. Anyways, I'm in Job. And I'm reading, I read, I don't know, maybe 10 chapters of Job lamenting about what he had gone through. If you don't know jo- uh, Job I, and you're going through a rough time, I would encourage you to go read it. You'll really, you'll really feel better about yourself when you read it. But when Job was lamenting and when the Lord spoke up at the end of Job and started assuming his authority and his power and speaking of his power and speaking of his authority, Not one time did he ever reprimand Job for lamenting for a hard season. Not one time did he say, be quiet. Not one time did he say, stop processing this. He didn't say that. Because he understood how hard it was. He did come in. And remind Job and all authority who he was and what he could do. I want to encourage those of you, and this is very, you know, personal. It's, I would say it's a little bit different than what I normally do, but I just would encourage those of you that have gone through something suddenly, just like Job did, just like the nation of Israel did in Joel. You've gone through something suddenly and it has devastated you just like it devastated Job. He lost everything except his wife and his life and his God. You didn't see it coming. It's easy to focus on what was lost and not focus on the fact that Jesus is alive. I want to retrain your focus. This is a promise from the Lord to us I will restore I can restore you will praise the name of the Lord who has dealt wondrously with you wondrously in Joel 1 they didn't feel like God was being very nice in Joel 2 he blew their minds I want you to be a believer that moves from Joel 1 to Joel 2. Let's not stay devastated when as a believer we have the power of God to restore our minds, to give us new wine, new oil, 
to give us a new perspective on why we had to go through what we went through. Submit that trauma to him. Let it sit with him. Let him begin to restore you. Because he will. He will. I will make up to you. Another version that says restore. The years, the locusts, all of them have eaten. That is your promise from the Lord. And he did that with uh, Job as well. I think I'm going to preach on that next time. Okay, <laughs> let me pray for you. And then we'll get to our um, some amazing things that God is doing amongst us. Lord, you are so good. We acknowledge right here, right now, how wondrous you are. We thank you, Spirit of the living God, for doing what we can't do. We can't restore. We don't, we don't know how, Lord. It's so easy to accept the defeat of the enemy. It's so easy to say, well, that's just the way it is. I pray for everyone that is listening to this message. I pray that new wine and new oil is deposited right in their soul. Spirit of the living God, we need you to insert yourself in that suddenly that happened, that devastated them. Restore. I pray that for the person that is listening, God, that is like, oh my goodness, this is so for me. I pray that they would be open to restoration. I pray, Lord, Lord, it's like doors opening. They're like locked. And then you put the key in and you turn the key and it opens. That's what I'm seeing in my mind. I think some people are so closed off even to this idea that it can happen because it doesn't make sense. But Lord, we, we know your power. And so spirit of God, I pray that you would just take that key, open that heart and literally turn the doorknob and open the door so that they would be open to the biggest blessing and even miracle that they've ever seen in their life. And we thank you for your promise. We thank you for examples of this all throughout scripture. This is not just me saying this, Lord. This is literally your character is a character of restoration. It is in you. So Lord, I pray for those that are going to struggle to believe. Give them the grace and restore them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Oh, I love that. Okay. Hard transition. <laughs> I'll be back right after the break with an amazing, incredible, wonderful testimony and a question from one of you. I'll see you in a sec. Did you know that Autumn has many resources available to help you grow deeper in your relationship with God? By visiting autumnmiles.com, you can access them all. 
From there, you can find previous teachings under the podcast and media tabs, and you can order any one of the books Autumn has written. Her book, Appointed, will help you better understand that your significance is only found in God. While I Am Rahab beautifully conveys God's ability to redeem any situation you may have found yourself in. And if you want to add some heat to your prayer life and kick things up a notch, Gangsta Prayer is a book that will help you do just that. Again, you can find all these resources and more by visiting autumnmiles.com. We are back, and I have just an amazing story of what God's doing in your life. Um, but I also have an awesome question that I just felt like, I mean, my team didn't even know this. Well, I guess they did know, but different people pulled different things. So this was just really precious. It goes right along with what we just talked about. It says this, hey, AM team. I'm just wondering what to do when your heart is broken and you can't find the strength or the words to pray. Like the defeat is so strong in your mind and heart that you feel like praying isn't going to change anything. I mean, I know we all know I literally just talked about this. So so my entire podcast today would be the answer. But I also just want to do a, a very personal word for you, my dear friend. Um, I want to read you from a different passage of scripture, what God will do for you. It says this, he, praise the Lord. I'm going to start in Psalm 147, one, praise the Lord for it is good to sing praises to our God. It is pleasant and praise is becoming. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the outcast of Israel. And this is for you, my dear friend. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. I don't just want to move you uh, really quickly into cheap talk. I want to say just very clearly, I have been exactly where you are. You are crushed. And you are broken in spirit. And God understands. He understands when it's too hard to pray. He understands when you feel like it's not going to change anything. He understands that. Okay. He's not a judgmental Pharisee that's looking at you going, you need to pray 37 minutes a day or else. He wants to sit in that brokenness with you. You don't even have to talk. Do what I said in the, in the podcast, just sit, just sit, just sit in the arms of your comforter. Just sit. Don't feel like you have to impress him because you can't just sit and allow during this time, allow the comforter, which is one of the roles of the Holy Spirit to comfort you. Just sit. I don't know how it works, but I know it does work. I've done this a lot. The other day, I literally sat and didn't say anything for probably about 45 minutes. I know that. My, well, my kids were asleep, but my dog, I know she thought I was crazy. 
but I needed the comfort that no human can offer. And it came. The Lord heals Psalm 147.3, the brokenhearted, and binds up their wounds. You're not too wounded. You can be healed. I promise. Okay. Uh, that's my question. Thank you so much for asking it. And thank you guys for just, I mean, some of these questions are like, you're, I just, I feel super honored that you're even sending them. So thank you. Thank you for doing that. Please send us questions. You can email hello at autumn miles. You can DM me on my social. Um, just, I just, we just want to hear from you, right? We're, we're legit all on this planet at the same time. Let's help each other out. Okay. Uh, okay. This is what God is doing in your life. Uh, we got a message, uh, from someone that has done our lead program. If you've not done our lead program, it's so fun. It's four weeks. It's, we take one month in the spring and the fall. We're not doing it this year cause Cassie's getting married, but, um, we take one month in the spring and the fall and I teach on leadership and I've done this for years. I teach, I'm, I'm literally leaving tomorrow to go to Liberty um, University to speak to the women's ministers on leadership, but we do this. And, and this is just, it's talking about how much they enjoyed this program, but they had a prayer. They had something that God did in their life, which was really, really cool in that program that they were in of, of ours. Uh, they were being asked to help out in the youth. And it says this, I mentioned we were helping out in the youth at our church. God had other plans. We were kind of thrown in there. And the next week we were asked to take over. God's plans are almost so much greater than ours. And then she asked for prayer for her and her family with a prayer request. Uh, but listen, sometimes God ask us to take a very, what we, what we see is a small step of faith because it leads to a huge opportunity. And that is what happened in this woman's life. Her and her husband were asked, Hey, can you just help out? And then what they really wanted to do was lead And God very, very quickly after that said, okay, come on in and lead this in my name. And so I want to encourage you out there. This is happening right amongst us, right amongst all of you guys. I want to just encourage you, take that small step and see where that small step leads you. She also, in this paragraph, asks us, me specifically, to agree with her in prayer for a miracle about her house. And I would like us all collectively to honor that request of prayer because she is one amongst us. I'm going to pray and I, I would just ask you to agree with me in prayer for the miracle about her house. I'm not sure what the miracle is, but we are going to believe that God's going to come through. So Lord, we do. All of us together in this podcast all the thousands that will hear it, my team, myself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This family has a need. They need a miracle. And so God, they have asked humbly for us to agree with them in prayer. And so Lord, we are asking you for that specific miracle in their life. 
Spirit of God, we ask for a breakthrough. We ask for an opportunity. Whatever that is, Lord, you know what it is. We ask for favor. When we're faithful, God, when we walk by faith, we're desperate. We're desperate to see your faithfulness. I see that in this message. Do what we can't. Meet their need so that, not for them, so that you can get all the glory and all the honor. And Lord, I pray when you do come through, when you do come through, I pray that this would be a testimony that they're able to tell their uh, church, their children, and it will be a piece of the legacy of the goodness of God that you will deposit and leave in them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, I love you guys so much. I will see you back, maybe talking about Job next week for a brand new episode of the Autumn Mile Show. In the meantime, have an amazing week and put all your pumpkin stuff up because it is fall. <laughs> I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Autumn Mile Show. Be sure to follow Autumn on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube to stay connected and in the loop with what's happening with the ministry. Just search for Autumn Miles in your internet browser. AutumnMiles.com is also the place where you can book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. She is devoted to spiritually challenging people and the way that they think. She is a passionate advocate for the Word of God, women, domestic violence victims, and adoption. Reach out today and book Autumn for your next speaking engagement. Just go to autumnmiles.com. Once you're there, search the top of the index for the Invite Autumn tab. Then scroll down for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of The Autumn Mile Show.